Marin premiered on May 3rd, 2013 on IFC. Let's put 23 minutes on the clock. Pilots study Chris and Grimes. They're talking all of your favorite shows. But only the pilot episode. That means the first show. In case you didn't know. When you never know what show they're gonna talk about. But they're only gonna talk about the first one. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study. My name is Chris Lantinen and I am your host and I'm joined as always by the one, the only, he's taking his stand against internet bullies, it's Grimes! That's right, we don't put up with that shit around here. (laughs) Welcome back to the show. Thanks man, thank you. We've only had one, one troll in our time and... Um, you know, we, we made nice with them, so we didn't have to like go find them and confront them and that's right, you know, risk all good risk of physical confrontation that we obviously (laughs) would have dominated for sure. (laughs) Now we're going to start up the clock here in a second, but we do have an announcement. If you have, don't follow us on Twitter or anything, you may not know this, but pilot study has been selected as an official South by Southwest podcast. We will be on the South by Southwest podcast stage on March 16th at 3.30 p.m. And we're going to be talking about two shows during that one-hour period. One is celebrating its 10-year anniversary, and the other is celebrating its 20th. It will kind of go in with this theme month that I'm going to introduce here in a second. And they're very, very related, and I think we'll have some good um, cross-analysis that we can do with each of these shows, considering how close they are in execution and subject matter, but we won't reveal them quite yet. But the big news is that we're going to be at South by Southwest. I know you're very excited, Grimes. I am. I am. I've never been there before. I've, it's something we have talked about as friends. Uh, since, yeah, just going casually. Since grad like school, this. yeah, just going. <laughs> and then, you know, that's a phone call that uh, that you just never think you're going to – it's not real, you know? how I can't even believe we're going just to hang out. So. Right. Uh, we'll be doing some pilot study, and I think it's going to be awesome. It I hope is going to be come awesome. Out. Uh, of course, the listeners here know that we're housed at Modern Vinyl mm-hmm. or modern-vinyl.com, another show that I host. And we also have that show playing the festival. So the Modern Vinyl podcast will be on March 17th at 11 a.m. on the same stage. So if you're going to Austin for that week, uh, badge holders can get in and they can check us out live. So please do that. It's going to be the first pilot study live episode, first pilot study episode that we're actually going to record next to each other, right? Yes, yes. Well, other than the unaired pilot study pilot. (laughs) You know, someday... Somebody the vault will, is deep on Somebody that. will revive the show, and they'll do a pilot on our unaired pilot. Yep. That's that's what I'm hoping. But yeah, we have the long-lost uh, Mad Men episode where we recorded at a beach house across from each other, but that has been... <laughs> that's been deep in the vault. That's been lost to the sands of time. So. I have it. I have it. Oh, I think I have it, too. It's just uh, it may never get published. So this may be the first... This is definitely going to be the first one that we're in person recording. Yes. Yes. And we're going to be down there. So if you listen to the show at all and live in Austin or are going to the festival, you know, reach out to us and we'll make sure to meet you. So let's get into our uh, our Aaron. actual episode at hand. Uh, this is the start of a month, a theme month we're going to be calling Heightened. And this is where we're going to be taking on episodes where mostly comedians, but I, I assume we can cross uh, genres here, where we are 
looking at shows of heightened reality. And what I mean by that is a comedian kicks off a show, slaps his name on it, but it's not quite the real world. So, you know, an example that we're not going to do, we're saving this one, but Seinfeld would be an example. Right. But we're going to be doing some other heightened versions of comedians' lives. So we're doing Marin today. And I wanted to start by throwing out a 2011 interview with the AV Club first. And it surprised me that he was already doing interviews about the show, but this was actually a a 2011 pilot that he shot for a presentation, a pilot presentation to a studio. And he said, we shot this thing. Nobody really got paid. And we shot it in my house with a really great crew. It was a legitimate thing. Ed Asner plays my dad. And we got a lot of other great supporting cast, including Seth Morris, Aaron Daniels, Matt Jones, Sean Patton. And I believe Ken Young was in there as well. Um, of course, none of, not a lot of those people are in this pilot besides Aaron Daniels, who still plays the vet. Um, and he's already, he's already talking about not being able to act. That was something I also enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says, do I have the chops to do this? Cause I haven't done a lot of acting. And if you listen to WTF, especially the ones where he interviews actors, it always comes back to Marin asking about, uh, acting technique. And it, usually it's paired with a quote, like, you know, I'm doing this acting thing a little now. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. That's he always, he always yeah. brings that up. So the question I want to start you with, so we, we've established that there was a 2011 pilot and <coughs> that was, pre- that was presented. I'm not sure the connection to that and what eventually got accepted by IFC in 2013. It could be similar, but I, I know that obviously the finished product is different than what he presented. So what I want to know from you is, from a WTF standpoint, you listen to the show. Yeah. Where is, especially in this pilot, where is he primarily pulling life story from? Is this, is this stuff that was happening in 2013? Had this already passed? Like, where is he pulling the life stuff that he's basing this around? All this stuff in the pilot had already been discussed on WTF. Right. So. I think that's why he leans so heavily on things like the cat story, um, internet trolls, the divorces, um, being friends with kind of famous people, but that not really being like what people think it's like, you know, riding around with a drunk Dave Foley. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the stuff, um, but again, being heightened uh, reality, it's exaggerated on the show. But uh, yeah, it it was all a lot, a lot, a lot. Almost actually, for all four seasons of Marin, there are very few things that hadn't been at least touched upon in the podcast that made it to the show. And then as the show progressed, it was closer to real time because he was like writing the show, so then you'd hear him talking about that, and it was pretty meta as a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of Marin, but you know, <laughs> yeah, the cat thing is especially like a driving force in this plot uh the boomer thing now at this point boomer had already vanished right no 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 no. that's something that happened uh i want to say like season two three in real life so Mm. that would have been like a couple years the show is basically two years or a, a writing cycle or two behind real life okay but yeah boomer disappeared and then the weeks and months went by so the battle cries, Boomer lives, even though sadly we all know he probably doesn't at this point. Um, but Boomer was uh, his favorite cat, I get the sense, in life. Mm-hmm. And so, and yeah. And he just kind of vanished, and it's kind of become this urban legend. Yeah, of course, yep. Th- that was the sick cat in this episode. Um, 
Now, I was wondering, again, from a WTF standpoint, what, what do you see in this pilot that attracted you to WTF in the first place? And how, how do you see that kind of transferred over? Like, what emotional beats do you has he taken from WTF? And, and which emotional beats are the ones that you kind of latched on to? Well, like in the pilot, you see him on mic solo a couple times and then with a guest. So my favorite and your least favorite part of WTF is the beginning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like I'm one of those people who I listen to every single beginning 15 minutes. And then depending on the guest, I might stick with the rest of the cast where most people, you know, do the opposite. And so that is for me to see that represented on television with other people who I know like are the same who I've met in real life and blah, blah, blah. That is awesome to be represented like that and to have an older dude um, talk about feelings and emotions like that in public and to be able to not feel like a fucking weirdo for thinking the same thing. (laughs) And, you know, it's somebody who's cool and, you know, you can relate to them on that level. So. And I think, too, like, keeping the garage, it's a set. Like, it's not his real house or garage. Okay, I, I was going to ask that. You um, you have a slight issue with the set design. No, I, I just was thinking I wasn't going to have enough time to say how awesome it was. <laughs> um, uh, so it's that's not his garage, but obviously he records in the garage. And it looks like he shot the original pilot at his real house. I wonder why they, yeah. I wonder why they swapped it out. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it was just an issue of space and crew and having to get yeah. equipment in a house. That, and he talked about that on... It's hard to pin down every episode of WTF where he was talking about the show as it was happening. He announced it on the Molly Shannon episode, mm-hmm. um, which, if you're inclined, you can see is episode number 264 from March 22nd, 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like... The garage, he would talk about them designing it and being in there and draw, doing drawings of the garage and then taking it to be made. So that was cool, too. You kind of get – obviously, I, I'm not one of those WTFers that's going to show up at the man's house and, like, try to sneak a peek. That's a little bit <laughs> too far even for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to see that reflected on TV is one kind of get a sense of his world. Uh, it's pretty cool. So that's the stuff I relate to most. I, I imagine it's different for you. Well, you know, I want to talk about, so we're in this theme month we call Heightened, and I did want to talk about how heightened are we actually, and how different are we, how different is Marin veering from his real life, and you know, it's funny, like, as I was watching this, I thought the heightened portion would be, like, the gall to actually go out and take down an internet troll in person, like, Mm -hmm. I, I thought he was more so kind of living the comedian dream, and then I go into like some interviews about this pilot, and this is something that he actually did. He said, <laughs> yeah. "This is actually based on a real thing that happened to me." This is an interview in Adweek. It's uh, is the publication. He said a guy was posting on a comment board, and I sort of tracked him down. As in, he definitely tracked him down, like I did in the episode with some investigative work. And I started messaging him through Facebook and telling him that if he's going to attack me, he shouldn't misrepresent my jokes. We went back and forth for months and months and months. Until finally he said he was going through a bad time and he moved on. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was awesome. Um, you'd think like yeah. maybe the ex-wife encounter would again be a little bit like fantasy enactment. But at this point, like who knows? Like he seems bold enough that he would do mostly everything in this episode. <laughs> the, the one thing that I thought was heightened was like the Dave Foley portion. He seems like yeah. a pretty professional guy. So I doubt he would show up drunk not on time for his interview and then 
basically not be able to do the interview at the end of the episode, which I thought was a funny <laughs> twist. So, and I, I also doubt that Mark Marin is this generally rude to people or like, um, I mean, he basically like kind of sort of like, <laughs> I don't know what he does to the vet, but he's certainly creepy, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't so, think he's like that in real life. Maybe so he is, though. Maybe they exaggerate his grumpiness, but like the situations seem like these could happen. Yeah, and you know, for me, one criticism, as hard as this, and just to be clear, it, I am 100% unable to be objective about this. I love right. every second of every frame, and I've analyzed it and seen them all 20 times. But like, at my first initial criticism was he's trying to kind of blend what he liked about Louie and what he likes about Curb and what he likes about, you know, maybe some other guys he likes. I'm not sure. Uh, until he figured out how to act kind of halfway through season one. Mm -hmm. um, and so he does get a little bit Larry David-ish, I think, with the rudeness. Um, because he was I think he was just trying to feel out like how to do it. Like It's hard. I, I don't think it's easy for a lot of comedians who get acting jobs to just pick it up right away. And so... I mean, Seinfeld didn't pick it up in like eight seasons or whatever. Yes, yeah, he still could have acted. <laughs> yeah, he just we just liked him so much yeah. that nobody cared. And I think Marin, honestly, and in this media world, he is a Seinfeld to the people who love him, like me. He, he we don't care that he needed a, a few episodes to kind of not be scared of the camera and get out of his head a little bit. And I think that uh, anyone can agree. Yeah, Seinfeld, all the great people, other than Louis, who's just some kind of born weird French filmmaker. <laughs> it seems like most uh, most of them take a bit of adjustment. Okay. I have a quick question on rankings then. So if we were ranking, if Marin's the last in the acting department, well, actually, no, maybe he's not last. If we were ranking Marin, Seinfeld, Larry David, and Louis on a purely Ooh. acting scale, not not anything to do with the show, but just in terms of their range... Who would you, how would you rank them? Larry, Louie, Jer Jerry, okay. Mark. Okay. I'm going to go, yeah. I'm going to go Louie, Larry, Jerry, Mark. So okay. I think that's valid too. That's the hard choice there. We got it. We, I think we got it pretty close. I don't know. There's something about how Louie can play, like Larry David can't play sadness and he I don't, I don't think he, he just is sadness though <laughs> he, he is sadness but i don't know the, louis like thrives within the silences and i think that's another thing that this episode is really really Lacking. missing it's, yeah. it's just like any any trust in silence you know and i can't remember the exact situation i think i bolded it somewhere here but can you find it here do you see oh here it is so he there's a line that says what was I thinking? I'm an idiot. Why did I even go over there? And I think that's one of the most important interactions in this pilot. Everything that they want to get across emotionally, it has to be delivered in dialogue. There's like no value put on silence here. And they have to verbalize like things that in other shows would be internal, right? You don't have to say I'm an idiot. Louis could, con Louis could convey that with a look. You know, why did I even go over there? Larry David would convey that, like, in the interaction, and then they wouldn't have to talk about it afterwards, you know? You would be thinking in the Curb Your Enthusiasm interaction, why did he go over there? But instead yeah, in Marin, true. they have to come back to the car, and he has to, like, say that. <laughs> and really, there's no moment in this pilot where you take anything extra away from, like, again, a moment of silence or a look or anything like that that wasn't verbalized. 
that wasn't part of the script. And again, I mean, he wrote this, so uh, he's like covering all his bases, you know? And maybe if it was a another writer, it wouldn't be that heavy-handed. But I think it's definitely heavy-handed. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I uh, err on the side of these guys, you know, since I, I worship all of these people who we're talking about. And so I view their TV shows through the stand, the spectrum of their stand-up because that's how I came to all of them except Larry, I guess, and Jerry. But mm-hmm. even Jerry, I had seen a few as a youngster. So as I'm thinking about Marin's stand-up versus Louis, you could say those same criticisms about their comedy, I think. Like, Louis can be on stage and just kind of do that weird, like, squinty shrug look that he does all the time and yeah. everyone will die <laughs> laughing right. whereas you know you go to see Marin and it's 90 minutes of just a dude who sounds like he's talking to a, a thousand therapists he just doesn't stop right and so i you know cut those guys that kind of slack however as a tv critic slash genius slash south by southwest panelist <laughs> I, I can i can agree with your criticism there right. that's it would be nice to have a little bit of a break and let him kind of take a breath and have some nuance there for sure. I, I feel like he probably does later in the series, but you know, we don't do second episodes, so mm-hmm. we can't go for Fuck that bit. shit. Who cares? <laughs> Fuck it. It's so. fun to have fans. I'd go for you in there. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, they didn't like you at all. Yeah, that seems to be going around today. Well, I still got it. What was I thinking? I'm an idiot. Why'd I even go over there? Well, as I recall, you were going to teach them a lesson. Strike a blow for depressed gay kids everywhere. Let's do title talk before we get too deep into the episode yeah, yeah. here. Um, I don't know if I'm fully in on like the general aesthetic of the show, especially <laughs> with the music. Like I wrote down, he's kind of like the Dave Grohl of podcasting and that he's very aligned with like the DIY ethics of rock or comedy in his case. And yet we know he's doing really well. So it's like tough to buy him as when you have Obama in your garage as a sitting president, it's now tough to buy you as like the down and dirty surrounded by vinyl garage dweller. And like, I think the studio shots and the intro sequence are cool. And like the opening of the garage door is cool with like the static over the white. Um, But And you you can actually, you can feel the locale too. Like the bike sitting outside is a really cool touch. It's like, Oh, He's close enough to town that he can bike. It's warm. Like, I don't know. It just says a lot about the area. He's, he's like, still kind of a hipster, you know? But mm-hmm. I, I guess it's it's mostly the music and, like, the ma- like the the guitar riffs that they use to transition into everything that, yeah, I, that I don't like. I will say that, too. Um, the blues riff doesn't... I don't love it. I, I get the blues thing. I yeah. You know, to be fair, and you're right about the Obama thing. However, he did have Obama in that same garage, and the place where they shoot the show is down the street from his real house. Mm-hmm. So I think Marin, part of his persona at least, like he does still live in that house, and he is in a dusty vinyl hellhole with Obama <laughs> and one other Secret Service. And, you know, Obama even joked about that. Like, oh, man, I see you cleaned up the place for me. Like, this is a <laughs> shithole. So, but I think Marin would, if he did get a big house and spend that money like that, then he would lose all of that. And it seems like that is all he banks on. Like, that's his sense of pride, I guess, as an artist. Like, he never changed or he held to that weird 70s and 80s thing of, like, not selling out. And I can see the aesthetic, too, because, like, for me, 90s guys think all those 70s guys are so cool. So... 
you know, the garage and the boots and the dusty, weird, jangly blues. It's not as weird, but I can see why yeah. you're like, man, this sucks. It, it, <laughs> it, it matches, like, it matches the aesthetic he wants it to. He wants to push out, but I, I just don't think I like it. That's all. I don't. I'm not a big fan anymore. You know, in the age of Netflix and Hulu, and now even on Netflix, it'll do skip intro if you're watching on desktop, which mm -hmm. most people aren't. But I'm old, so I do. Um, <laughs> that's look, like that's like a whole another podcast topic. The fact that <laughs> the fact that you watch Netflix on a desktop. I mean, not exclusively. I'm saying it happens from time to time, and I've noticed the skip intro option. <laughs> right. So like, fuck a song, fuck all these credit sequences that are like three minutes of a 23 minute show. Like, we don't need that anymore. I would like be happy if it was just one guitar chord and him pushing open the garage and on all that stuff you mentioned could still be included there um he could even play the stupid guitar chord because i know he loves doing that and i hate that at the end of the podcast but yeah. um other than that yeah i think the title talk like get rid of the song but everything else is cool to me gotcha let's let's uh jump into some random notes here so what did you have you know lines, oh boy. lines that you liked anything that jumped out at you beyond what we have talked about thus far I mean, there's so many lines. I guess I could just go through them rapid fire. Let's 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 do a little li <laughs> let's do a little linearama. Hit me first. Okay, sadness in public comes out as anger. <laughs> That's very very true. <laughs> uh, don't you have a hot second wife now? That was my hot second wife. Nice. Uh, I don't want anything more needy than me in my house. <laughs> that's that's good. It's Twitter. What do these people not have lives? That's still kind of true today. Um, let's see the Dave Foley line. It's fun to have fans. And then <laughs> the only thing funny about Mark Marin are his fans was uh, dragon master. Yeah. That's all I got. Uh, pregnant. So that's your move. I get it. I know who you are. That's a spite baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's one of those things that, uh, yeah, that was a good one. That was my hot cycle. That's funny. Yeah. There's some good ones in here. And again, those are, uh, if it's not, Season one of this whole show, but in the pilot as well. If it's not from a WTF episode, it's from a stand-up album that he had out by then. So just like um, lines or scenarios, uh, lines and scenarios. Okay. You know okay. both. Yeah, gotcha. So I would assume later seasons kind of differentiate from that, but that's that's interesting. Yeah, I, I did not know that. Um, so I guess we've never really gone over the plot, but anyways, Mark is getting picked on by an internet troll, and he goes to confront him, and meanwhile, Dave Foley is there because he's going to be a guest on the podcast. So again, we're in a reality where Mark Maron still has a podcast. It's in the era of podcasting where the vet still doesn't know what it is or really care. You know, there's yeah. the scene at the very beginning with the vet and she does not know what a podcast is. And she kind of, it's kind of like a, a little bit of trickery. You think that he's talking to his therapist, but it's actually the vet. Things are going pretty well for me right now, but that's a problem because when things are going well, that means there's a there's a voice in my head saying, you're going to screw it up. You're going to screw it up, Mark, just over and over again. I just wish that voice were louder than the voice screaming, let's screw it up. A few years ago, I was planning on killing myself in my garage, and now I'm doing the best thing I've ever done in my life in that same garage. It's a podcast. You know what a podcast is? Um, in that opening scene, though, there's one, there's one thing that really stood out to me, and it's the fact that they used the jump cut. And that's usually meant to mark like a long conversation or at least him talking for a long time. And I thought that was a fun visual moment. And you don't really see that much in comedy, especially like in the first 30 seconds of a pilot episode of a comedy. You know, these are like techniques that like Godard made famous. So like in French New Wave shit. So here it's a passage of time, but 
It also can represent like a misjointed life or, excuse me, a disjointed existence or at least one where he's like slightly unstable. And I think that is that's that's a nice nailed it. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) a nice touch there. Uh, So, you know, I thought that was fun, but they don't really carry over that visual adventure adventurousness to the rest of the pilot. Like I thought that we were going to have some more of those flourishes. And we did not. So I thought that was nice to point out simply because we don't have a lot of it later on. Um, Some other random notes I have. (laughs) Executive producer Dennis Leary. The guitars immediately made sense when I saw that. Uh, I love that he's got his vibrations on Twitter for notifications. Yeah. If you're you're a famous person, that's like got to be the worst thing you could ever do. Um. I, I I quite enjoyed the description of the nerd because you know this is like the thing that Mark Marin hates about like Nerdist and things like yes, that because one yes. the, the nerd listens to Nerdist uh, he likes anime and he blogs about British comedy so I thought that was interesting that's because, the trifecta right there I mean do you feel like <laughs> do you feel like he there was definitely some real hate towards the nerdist. Do do you feel like that was like an actual shot, or has he has he always only half hated him? Because I feel like he's kind of turned around on a lot of his fellow podcasters lately, and kind of been a little more positive, especially like Pete Holmes, nerdist. Um, you know, all these different people that had podcasts that were kind of challenging him. I think if there's anyone where there's truly some animosity. It would be against not the Nerdist brand necessarily or even that podcast, but just Chris as a dude. I just Mm -hmm. don't think that's his kind of dude. Right. And I mean, whereas like, I mean, it's funny. Your name is Chris. And we always talk about how Marin's like my fucking literal Buddha. (laughs) But like you could compare you and Hardwick, me and Marin. There's not a ton of like differences there. You know what I'm saying? In general. Right. Whereas I embrace it and I enjoy it and I see value in that kind of shit. I think that, again, being that old, crusty ACDC fan who did coke with Sam Kinison for five years, <laughs> I just don't think the cute, like, meltdown shit is really hit. I think he resents it because it's not hardcore, badass, road guy, blues rock comedy. You know, it's like, it's our shit from now. And I just don't think he... His place in it is just different than he thought it was gonna be. I don't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right. If that, if, so. Yeah. He. I mean, he would get in like some real nasty Twitter spats with all of these guys, really, and they would just be taking shots at each other back and forth. And I, I never knew if it was legit, but I mean, he does take a shot at Nerdus. I thought that was interesting to point out. I like the the it's highly unusual to interrupt a D&D session line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that whole thing made me want Marin to do an arc on Harmon Quest, which is Dan Harmon's thing where he does D&D and they they do a podcast with it basically. I would love Marin to be on there. He should do an arc where it's like all these comedians you would never expect. And yeah, he would be pretty amazing. Uh Garrett from Community is Dragon Master. Um his character from community is one of the greatest played nerds in TV history. So it makes sense that he is, he is that character and uh, the end. I, I really enjoyed the end. So these kids make fun of him. He feels like he has no fans and he goes to like a pet store and he meets somebody that is more like his environment and more so his type of person, you know, and mm-hmm. it's kind of heartwarming, but <laughs> the lesson really is that, the lessons one in knowing your crowd and when you are loved and when you get fan interaction, but also that there's discomfort in that. So he's he's just a hostile, unstable individual, and he can't really deal with hate or love. 
like the hate bothers him because he feels insufficient or that he's not making his mark or that the vet doesn't know what a podcast is and the love he like tries to avoid hanging out with this guy he you know feels weird at the very end when they kind of have that post-credit sequence or whatever like i feel like he doesn't do well with either extreme and i think those two situations were a nice um nice way to represent that yeah, for sure. And it also shows that when he does hang out with the guy that he has no boundaries. He's so needy for like people yeah. to like him just like as the nerds accused him of accurately when Foley was like, yeah, they're just totally spot on idiots or whatever the line yeah. was there. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think a lot of comedians feel that as, especially, you know, it's a lonely uh, pursuit there and and when you're somebody like Marin who already is on the needy side um <laughs> it's just exas you're just yeah. yeah you're just going and I think that's a heightened thing again going back to the theme of the month I, the real life Mark Marin in 2013 was not going to a fan's house he was pretty butthurt that fans wouldn't stop coming to his house mm-hmm. uh he was this was the era 2012 2013 and you can see going back to the WTF episodes he started getting and just kind of getting the show and shit this is where we see showbiz Marin, and as a fan, I remember being real worried, like, either this is going to go to his head, or it's going to really suck and only last one season, it's going to fucking crush him, <laughs> or, you know, the stand-up's going to suffer. I just always worry, As it's kind of like as a Kanye fan when he met up with Kardashians, like, what is this going to do to the art that I really care about? This guy as a person is who he is, but... Is this going to fuck up the art that's like currently getting me through life? Mm-hmm. And I, as a Marin fan, I can honestly say for me, it, it only enhanced, you know, the mythology of him, the the overall just, you know, enjoyment of him as a dude and a comedian. So I think they nailed he nailed that for me as just a fan. But showbiz Marin could have gone a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into some reviews real quick before we wrap up. So the AV Club said, Internet Trolls sets itself up as wish fulfillment for famous people, then loses more audience empathy by making Marin's detractors caricatures. But it still scores some very funny moments along the way and nicely subverts its own condescension in the end. Uh, Screen Crush said, The podcast elements which right now seem to function as Mark Marin commenting on what's, what's happened, going to happen, maybe the weakest element. And they feel the most sitcommy, as it's a device that's been employed for years. I will say on that on that screen crush review, I did I did not enjoy that the podcast talked about the ex wife and then she showed up in the very next scene. Again, he doesn't let. Yeah. It's like it's everything's got to be so straightforward, and he doesn't let things breathe. And I think that's another disadvantage that they that they're playing. That's a pilot early on. Pilot trick, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, let's. Uh, we have one more thing we want to do, and that's. Of course, spin out. So we haven't done spin out in a while, so I'll describe it. So for spin out, we take one character from the show, and we imagine a spin off and what it would be about, kind of in the tradition of like a Frasier. So Grimes, give me your spin off character and what the show would be about. Ooh, so well, a the... character from the show. What would their if you were spinning them out? What would be what would their show be about? Well, that's hard in the pilot. Not a ton of characters there. <laughs> but a drunk Dave Foley, at least. A drunk Dave Foley, you had that. I could have gone there, but I, I enjoyed news radio. I didn't want to do that. So as I was thinking about this thing, I had to dig deep, dude. Okay. The vet? Not the vet. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I'm doing the coffee shop guy, so I'm wondering if it's the coffee shop guy. All right. Well, as you know, I love animation for adults. Okay. So I'm thinking 
a Fox cartoon called Boomer Lives. <laughs> I like that. That's cool. So and then this... you know it's just like about and Marin could it would be like a Garfield situation and Marin um, could do some voiceover work obviously as Boomer's human yeah yeah and it would just be adventures you know just cat adventures in Highland Park he could be like a hipster cat like wear glasses and flannel and shit and like, <laughs> I like he that. would be like Marin as a cartoon cat basically I kind of want to just see this I want to just see this show now I don't I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to watch the rest of Marin mine was um. I want a show about the coffee shop worker, and what happens is Marin brings his cat in because oh, his, yeah. his cat crapped in the cage, and apparently he wants to take it, the cat to the coffee shop bathroom to clean it up. But so he goes in and he gets the customers only line. And I want a show about a coffee shop worker, this guy obviously, and the show would be called something like. Uh, customers only or for customers only and it would all be about a guy stopping people from going to the bathroom <laughs> in, in, a, in a coffee shop <laughs> yeah because you always run like especially like when you're in a city and there's no public bathrooms oh, yeah. you're like God, dude i gotta go to starbucks and buy a coffee just so i can take a pee like, we've all done it it's ridiculous or you just kind of sneak in there and then some of them have keys you know so it's like yeah, this huge thing you have to buy that $4 ethical water just to, like, <laughs> then, you know, have to go to the bathroom again. It's brutal. Uh, what, one last random note I had. I like the casting of the ex-wife's new husband because he's just uh, taller enough that it seems like uh, he could kind of physically intimidate him, and that, and that kind of sets Mark off. I like, I like when physical intimidation isn't, like, a huge 300-pound muscle guy versus a tiny guy. I like when, the, right, when right. the tough guy is just, like, a little bit bigger, so it's that much more frustrating. Right, so, like, you know if you were just a little bit bigger of a man, like, up. figuratively yeah. <laughs> or literally. And Marin is a small dude in real life, although I will say he looks bigger on stage, which I guess speaks to his whatever, but, yeah. His um, persona. I don't have any more I'm random notes. Yeah, yeah I guess... The only thing I would say, going back to WTF a little bit, and uh, you know, I don't want to. In the interest of time, we nailed it, dude. We yeah, only good. started talking about the show like in the 20s, so we're we're getting our form. But yeah. I I would like to say or see as a as a thing in podcasts like now we've all we're getting into people who have two and three appearances on all the ones we like. And so nowadays where like late night TV is pretty useless, it would be cool to break newer comedians on these. Like if Marin or Pete Holmes or Chris Hardwick or any of these guys, Rogan, um, and when they have somebody on, it like opens them up to a million people. That's the same as like in the 80s. If you were on The Tonight Show, then the next day you're Drew Carey, you have a sitcom or whatever. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. I guess that's a whole other conversation for another day. But going forward, you know, Marin quit doing the show after only four seasons because he didn't want it to suck. And I by no means uh, am disappointed in any WTFs lately or, or really ever. But, um, you know, you just wonder where it's going to go, what these guys are going to start doing as they're all getting shows. Like Pete has Crashing Now and. You know, Hardwick has nine. He's like the Seacrest of comedy. Did you notice? <laughs> did you notice a quality? Yeah, he has this. He, that's a very good comparison. Did you <laughs> notice a quality dip when you knew Marin was filming? Because the, that was a big thing with uh, Bill Simmons' podcast when he was doing any given Wednesday. Like he he went from like two to one a week or three to one a week, and it was like I don't know. It seemed the podcast seemed secondary, and the podcast got him the show. So I always thought that was strange. You know, I think being on IFC, only doing 10 or 13 episodes, I didn't notice. And I think there were so many WTFs in the bank at this point. And, and 
again, going back to showbiz, Marin, you're getting people offered up to you all the time because like shortly after this, uh, within a month of announcing the show, he had Kevin Hart on yeah. um, Chelsea Handler. Not you're done asking your friends, hey, man, will you please be on my podcast? <laughs> like at, you're, you know, you're getting these people handed. Jack White was after that. So, it, yeah, I know what you're saying, but I did not notice that quality. I think if if he had been podcasting for six months. Like, yeah, he would have been like, fuck this thing, man. I'm on TV now. But the podcast, again, such a part of the show, such a part of who he is, and it saved his life and his comedy um, career. You, so, Did you know about the Comedy Central tidbit I put in here that I forgot to mention? No. Okay, so he pitched a show for Comedy Central called WTF with Mark Marin, and it was the talk show, obviously inspired by the podcast, which was a year old at that time. And it was him and Chelsea Peretti was his co-host oh uh too soon and i'm not sure about that matchup there no, no i am not sure about that matchup so thank god for you know they say sometimes your bad luck saves you from worse luck and there you go that wouldn't have been a good one all like all right let's wrap this up thanks man we went over but i appreciate it i love this a lot favorite no, show no favorite problem guy. i'm gonna i'm gonna even let you do your plugs here go right all ahead. right well i'm gonna plug instagram oh <laughs> Grimes John, I'm pilot study and modern vinyl heavy on there, of course. Um, right. And I will be live picture blogging. <laughs> Is that, That's definitely uh, a thing. I will be doing that shit from South by Southwest, and we'll we'll do all that. Um, Twitter underscore Grimes John. That's all I got. All right. My my plugs are pretty simple. Pilot study pod on Twitter. Um, and I, I know you fucked up. And at modern vinyl. And yeah, I th the the next episode might be the South by Southwest one. We might fit another one in there, but either way, we'll have some more heightened month coming for you soon. And I'm gonna leave you with a clip from our next episode. Thanks, guys. Okay, Jesus. I'm sorry, I needed a minute. Sorry, it just got weird out here. What? Just look. Uh, let's just let's just start from scratch, okay? Oh my God, what are you wearing? Where are we going? I didn't know it was fancy. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, it, uh, my, just my dad died. Your dad died? And you're coming here from his funeral? No, 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 no. He, it was a long time ago. He died. We have, like, uh, reunions for the funeral. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Oh, bummer.